Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today on the show, I have Dr. Jennifer Freed. Dr. Freed is an internationally recognized psychological astrologer and the best-selling author of Use Your Planets Wisely, Master Your Ultimate Cosmic Potential with Psychological Astrology. She has spent 30 years consulting worldwide clients and businesses on social and emotional learning and other psychological, spiritual, and educational topics. She is also the co-founder of the Santa Barbara nonprofit AHA, which is dedicated to helping teens, families, and educators feel safe, seen, and celebrated. Welcome, Dr. Freed. I'm so excited to have you on. Hi, everybody. It is finally January 2021, and I'm so excited for my January podcast this year and for all my podcasts that I've recorded so far. I think you guys are all in for such a treat. Wanted to remind everybody that I'm getting going on my course, my program. So if you haven't had a chance yet to sign up for that, you can go to my show notes. There's a link for the waitlist for the course. Also, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, I'm switch. I switch things up a bit, so you'll be getting soul wisdom some weeks, ways to stay grounded, some other tips, and some insight into just why you know facing our fears of death and really exploring and opening our, ourselves up and expanding our own ability to connect to our own soul and essence is so very important. So head on over to dramyrobbins.com and subscribe to my newsletter. Also, if you haven't rated and reviewed and subscribed to the podcast yet. It's been a while since I just asked for people to do that. So if you could just take a minute and subscribe, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, any ratings and reviews are really appreciated as well. So here is to a wonderful 2021 for everybody and a new season of life, death, and the space between. I'm thrilled to be on because your topic is so fascinating to me. So we're a good match. We are a good match. So I want to sort of ease into this because I'm new to astrology. I had my natal chart read for the first time last year, and it blew my mind. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the basics? Like what is a natal chart? How can it be used to help us? You bet. So basically, a natal chart is a mathematic equation that shows your particular moment at the time you were born, where the planets were in the cosmos, and what relationships they geometrically made to one another. Now, that's all very mathematic and obscure, but what it tells us when we have this full portrait of the moment you were born is what are the salient archetypes and opportunities and patterns of this person's lifetime. And it takes over a year to master the basic language. That's why I'm not even gonna try to break it down for you here. But it's far different than the popular astrology you see everywhere, which is your sun sign is, what's your birthday, Amy? June 12th. So your sun sign is Gemini, but there's 10 other influences in a natal chart that make a full, intricate, complex, very detailed portrait of who you are. And you and I both study patterns and personality. 
And I can safely say 40 years training as a psychotherapist, there's no better diagnostic tool for someone's cosmic DNA and psychological profile than an astrology chart that's done well. And so what does it mean when you were born at that time? The energy is what helped shape you or how how did sort of those two pieces fit together? Well, you can think of it like the metaphor of the the time that you plant uh, a grape seed to become a vineyard. The soil, everything around it determines what kind of wine you'll have. The moment it's planted, etc. We're the same. The moment our soul is planted into a body and we take our first breath, this completely influences all the different systemic energies that are present at that moment. But it doesn't exclude biography and culture. You have to take those into account as well. And how do you take those into account in astrology? Well, like my book, Use Your Planets Wisely, depending on your level of privilege or oppression in the moment that you're born, you will have different opportunities to scale up your patterns and opportunities. So, for example, if I have my chart and I'm born in West Los Angeles in a, in a middle-class family and somebody else has my exact same chart but they're born in a very poor village in Africa, we are still going to have the same energies present, but what we're able to do with them is going to be vastly impacted by the influences around us. Mm. So in my book, I talk about the primitive level of application, the adaptive when you're kind of doing better, and then the evolving. Everyone can move up those levels, but given your circumstances and your, and your privilege, you have much more ease and moving up those levels. Yeah, I loved that part of the book because it felt to me a little bit like it was different levels of consciousness was really what, in some way, what you were talking about, but also thinking of it from the psychological lens of where we're functioning with our defense, defensive structure as well. So I just... I loved reading the book because for me, it was really, I went through, I took my natal chart, I starred everything that was relative to me, relevant to me. Um, So when you're born under a certain sign, that just means your sun sign. Just your sun sign. So in the psychological language, your sun sign is your basic sense of I am or ego. But then your moon sign is your emotional needs. Your Mercury is how you think and communicate. Venus is what you value and what you love. Mars is how you get things done. Jupiter is your experience of abundance, grace, and luck. Saturn is your ability to be disciplined and focused on and on. So you see, the sun is just one piece of this big puzzle, this intergalactic cosmic puzzle that really is revelatory as you experienced on your reading. And so each... Each of those, the sun, the moon, can you explain what your ascendant rising sign is? Rising is the sign that was at the horizon at sunrise. So your rising sign is basically what sign was right there when you were born at that moment. And that's very specifically determined by the moment you were born. It can change within a minute. 
But the rising sign is basically, and you'll appreciate this as a therapist, it's the role you were assigned to play in your family. It's your persona. Mm. And therefore, the rising sign is something you have to work with to become more and more authentically yourself. Because the initial role play that we all are assigned in our family is really part of a family systems complex. And to individuate mm-hmm. and make that rising sign uniquely true to you, you have to work on that. What's your rising and sign, Amy? I'll give you an example. Hang on. I'll hang f- on. I, I start it. Let me look. My That's my moon sign. My moon sign is Taurus. Excellent. My rising sign is... This is like this the being able to read all these books really taps into my what I missed about um education. What I miss about grad school. Where is my rising sign here? Well what time were you born? How did I not twelve fifty five? PM or AM? Um PM. How did, that's the of course the one I didn't okay. start. Well then it's probably something like Virgo or Libra is my guess. I can I can look it up. Don't look it up. But anyway, let's just say it's Virgo. Let's just say. Okay. So if your rising sign is Virgo at birth, that never changes. But the um, initial role play of a Virgo rising sign is basically dutiful, compliant, good girl. You've got to be good. You've got to be smart. You've got to be perfect. You've got to know your P's and Q's. It's like that's kind of a Virgo rising persona. But as you evolve, and we all do with help, all of us need help your rising sign in Virgo becomes actually a portal through which you have divine faith and service. You become not so much compliant and complicit and a pleaser, but much more about serving the greater good through your own experience of faith and devotion. It's very self-authorized. You see the difference? Yeah. So when you're working with someone and you know that their rising sign is X. Virgo yeah. and they're you're supposed to be this. Yeah. And is your, is part of your work moving them towards? Yes. That's what the psychological they- part. So he, here's why I think, you know, I'm so lucky. And one of the few people that is practicing like I do, because I have my PhD in psychology and all these years studying astrology and they combine very well. A great astrologer of any type, can tell you, Amy, your rising sign's Virgo, and it would, could mean this or it could mean that. But as a therapist, and you know this, it doesn't end there. Like, great insight. Insight without experience and practice is not very valuable. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people get hooked in astrology by being seen. Like, wow, that person really sees me. Great. But that's where it just should start. And so my job when I do my sessions with people is to work on the emotional psychological pieces that go with these patterns to uplift them and inspire them so that they're moving along their own pathway of self-realization. I should have been a psychological astrologer. You still can be. Come on. I just, it makes sense to have the the metaphysical if you want to call it that or sort of the more mystical grounded 
in the psychology of it all. Because again, to your point, and this is why part of why when people say to me, why don't you practice mediumship? It's like, that's one piece of it. But how do you move people from their grief or from their this is, you know, this is how I see you to real change. That's because the best question, Amy. And actually, that's my next book. And um, it's very exciting to me. I'm writing now about what does transformation really require? And you know, and I know, because when you work with people over time in psychology, very few people make the big shifts. So then you got to ask yourself, what are the secret ingredients to transformation? And I think now... I've identified them, but I think astrology is a great, amazing, laser-like diagnostic tool, but without the follow-up and the follow-through, it's just another big aha moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to have to come back on and talk about your next Oh, I will. It, it won't be out for a year or so, so we'll have to. Okay. 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 So... And, and you sort of explain this, but the reason that it's so important, because a lot of people just look at their horoscope, right? And they're like, oh, my horoscope says this. But you need to get a holistic picture. And that is what astrology paints for you. Yeah, the chart is the holistic picture. When you read your sun sign or you get your little apps that tell you messages every day, it's what we call the external locus of control in psychology. You're looking at an outside narrative to tell you who you are, and you're reacting to that narrative. But when you have an internal locus of control, it means you're using knowledge to inform your own empowerment. You become the agent of change instead of looking outward to find out what you should be or how you should be. So I'm trying to move astrology in that direction. And... I'm, I'm, we've covered so much as we're as we're as we've gone through this. Um, so when it when someone says like Mercury is retrograde, yes. or um, right now we're coming into the age of Aquarius, or Saturn is moving into Jupiter, you know, ah! all of these things <laughs> that you some hear things mixed up, but that's okay. Let <laughs> okay, good because you're going to straighten me Let out. Let me you're gonna clarify me out. for your listeners because I love it. Okay. You're such a neophyte. It's like you're putting all funny things together. Okay, <laughs> number one, we are not in the age of Aquarius. Uh, we, we, there's something called the precession of the equinox because the pole star changes slightly. And every 2,300 years, we're in a new age. We are about four or 500, according to best estimates, away from the age of Aquarius. We're four so what does it mean that we're coming into a new age? What does that mean? It, it's an overlay, if you will. It's kind of like whether you live in Chicago or Santa Barbara. Everybody moving to Chicago would have one experience of a climate and environment and ethos, right? If they all moved to Santa Barbara, boy, it would be a different kind of a feeling. Well, we've been in the age of Pisces for all these 2,000 years, and that has one kind of environmental flavor. And when we move into the age of Aquarius, it will be like we've moved to another psychological geographic experience. And so it's, it's, it's so big a movement, 20, 2,600 years, 2,300 years, that we right now don't even really know what that means. 
because we haven't been alive that long. So I would, I would steer people off of the age of Aquarius, um, you know, gossip. It's not that important. What is important is what you were saying that was so cute. Jupiter's moving into Saturn. No, it's not. What is happening is Jupiter and Saturn are coming together. In fact, they are together today as we're talking in the sign of Aquarius. So this is a huge movement because these are two archetypes, planets, that don't like to be together, number one. It would be like putting um, OAC and Trump together in a plane for 20 hours with nobody else. You know, it's not a great meeting here. However, everything in astrology is about opportunity and possibility. Jupiter is about philosophy, seeking, meaning, education, abundance, fortune, good luck. And so therefore it's the ultimate optimist, almost to a fault. Saturn is the ultimate realist, pessimist, structure, reality, um, get responsible, restrict, etc. So you've got these two huge energies coming together, and they are today as we're talking. Big, anything's possible. Stop. Make it much less. Be austere together. But what's different is they've come together in the sign of Aquarius out of many years in earth signs. So what's different when they come together in Aquarius? And what does that mean, come together in Aquarius? In the come sky, together. they literally are like this, right next to each other. Jupiter and in planets, Aquarius, the, the, the way the stars are aligned. Jupiter and Saturn are the planets. They right. are right now in the sky, exactly next to each other, in the sign of Aquarius. Okay. Okay? So... The opportunity here, it's a big one, is to become a mature optimist, a reasonable growth person, a focused, intimate union seeker, a um, practiced and intelligent scientist. This is going to be a huge opening for the sciences and for anything that has to do with global think tanks, because Aquarius is an air sign, mental. So we're moving out of all of this earth, money, industry, trudge, trudge, trudge into a big vision of what's possible with incredibly fast electrifying thoughts and inventions. You will see in the next two years, extraordinary growth in the sciences and technology, extraordinary, and AI. Mm. So are other planets also coming together or just Saturn and Jupiter? Like, That's you're like, adorable. this is like elementary no, astrology. No, 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 you're good, Amy. Uh, <laughs> other plans, planets are always coming in and out of being together. It's just that this is a very rare matching. So this is the one to pay attention to. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Especially so when, for you. When Mercury, why for me? because Gemini is an air sign, so you can take off. See, when the air signs are with each other, it's like, gives you a lot of confirmation on what you're doing, this incredible communication. Gemini is ruled by Mercury, and you are a communicator, it's what you're doing. And so this is an enormous opportunity to expand your audience, expand your message, and have incredible intuition. 
during this whole next year. This is so exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. So when Mer- Mercury goes into retrograde. Yeah, that's what is that? Planet Mercury. Most all the planets move forward, stop, pause, and then move forward again. It's called going retrograde and direct. Mercury does it about three times a year. And when Mercury goes retrograde, the ancients, thousands of years, people have noticed this. When Mercury goes retrograde for a moment, it, everything slows down around communication. And now these days, we have so much reliance on digital and et cetera. You just notice a lot of messages get lost. A lot of people don't connect in the way they thought they would. Contracts get mixed up. But really, I have found Mercury retrograde is an extraordinary time for reflection and contemplation because things have to go slower in order to be made better. And how often does that seems to happen often? Every About every three or four times a year. Okay. But for about three weeks. So, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. How does e- how was each planet, how was the energy of each planet determined? Uh, it isn't determined, it's observed. So astrology okay. is empirical. You know, why we know what these planets represent is thousands of years of humans have been studying them. What you have to realize is that it's just very recent we have electricity. So all of our ancestors from every part of the globe relied on the night sky and the day sky for lighting and fires, right? So they observed, they had like generations of people marking in caves the movement of the planets and they noticed certain things corresponded with certain things. And that's how the planets became certain qualities and represented certain archetypes. But Amy, I'm gonna tell you right now, you wanna study astrology. I'm fascinated. You can, you know, I I am teaching a class um, starting in January once a week. Anyway, I just think I haven't met somebody that's interviewed me that wants to study like this. You're funny. (laughs) I'm such a learner. Like if I could just learn all day, every day, it's what I would do. I'm just because I, I love that it's grounded. Yes. It's very and, and I think that's, yeah, and I think that really helps people yes. understand themselves. And, I, and I'm all for people understanding themselves in a way that, like you said, you can really see, you can really see yourself yes. in that way. And once you see yourself and understand that you're part of an animated, enchanted universe, as my teacher Rick Tarnas would say, once you know that, There's no more excuses. You know you're here to play an important role, no matter how big or small. Get with it, people. So how do you, um, how do you explain, like people say, the energy is this, the energy is, I mean, there's a lot of, I think, um, sort of new agey talk now around astrology. And it sounds like you're saying like, no, like like the age of Aquarius thing, right? Yeah, there's just a lot of no misinformation one... because mm-hmm. people are new at this and just floating a lot of gossip. Uh, it, there is things about energy. I mean, energy is real. It's quantum physics. We've all studied it. Energy is absolutely a real deal. And there's certain places and times 
that have much more uh, flavors of energy than others. Like we've gone through 2020, the hardest, most egregiously challenging year of our lifetimes. That was foreseen by me in astrology. And I've had people that I work with corporately seven years ago write me and said, you predicted all of this. I didn't predict the pandemic, but I said 2020 would be the year that everything was just as, you know, intense as it's been. Based on the astrology. Based on the astrology yeah. and where everything was. Yeah. Right. So there is something about energy. I, you know, new age has to be married to um, personal responsibility, accountability, equity, caring, compassion. It's, it's not a flight of fancy. If we're going to really have a new age, we have to change human consciousness clearly. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think that your book does is it helps people shift from this is this is who I am as defined by my planets or my astrological chart to this is how I'm going to become more conscious around these things. Completely. That is what my book aims to do. And it's almost like a textbook in that you can use it for years and years to keep working on yourself. Yeah, I'm definitely going to keep it next to my bed because I love that you ask questions throughout it. It's sort of like a workbook slash yeah. know yourself. Um, yes. Slash where else do you need to learn and grow? Yes, and I do want to tell your listeners because I got so excited about, you know, I'm very practical. I want people to learn themselves as opposed to, as opposed to be dependent on me. So I have created a bunch of new products that are coming out um, that you can use at home. And I, I want people to go to my website at jenniferfree.com and look at some of those products because once you get your hands on things like a book or I've got card decks now and um, charts, not astrology charts, but an educational values chart, I think it helps people to work on it themselves because anything that we're really going to learn takes patience and time, including us. We've got to learn ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's when you said, you know, what, what helps transform people. And when I have patients ask me, you know, what's going to make me better? What, I said, we, we have work to do, and it's not going to be quick. Yeah. Um, it's going to take us some time to get through all of this. And if I put a, a prescription on it, yeah. We just don't know what's going to be uncovered. Yes. Yeah. So you still see patients? I do. Yeah. Wow. What a great mix of things you're doing. I know. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I see patients two days a week. Um, Perfect. And then, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been great. So it's a good balance. I have a question to ask you for my new book. Um, sure. So in your life, what's the most important transformation you've made and how did you do it? Well, my most important transformation came out of the death of my aunt. Mm -hmm. So I, do you want me to go into the whole? No, not the whole summary, please. I have Mercury yeah, no, Capricorn. I like the basic facts. The basic facts was my aunt died when I was 18 years old. It sent me into a tailspin. Mm -hmm. um, I had a, I was in therapy working through my grief and she was really the first first person who I lost young. 
Um, and she came to visit. Wow. And had multiple, I had multiple visits where she shared things with me that I would have never known. Um, and so it sent me on this path simultaneously while I was also in therapy. So I was able to work through the anxiety around death in therapy and also working through it in my understanding about what happens when we die. So would you say, this is from my book, would you say that the two most important ingredients to your biggest transformation was an enormous wake up call through a death and that you pursued for a long time getting the help you needed in order to integrate that wake-up call? Yeah, yes, in order to integrate my life, but also that wake-up call was so clear. Mm -hmm. But yes, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. I mean, I was in therapy for 17 years. Yeah, no, I think that's a big enough thing to be in therapy for. But one more question. In that period of time, did you have at least three or four significant people that supported you through that major transformational Yes. Yes. Yeah, because this yeah, is one I, of my I, contentions is we need our crew. Yes. And um, in order to have a crew, you have to be transparent and vulnerable and dependable. So it sounds like you had all those ingredients. Yes. And I also have very little issue being vulnerable. Like I can put it out there in any setting I'm in. So in therapy, I would show up every week and just cry about whatever. And... I have no problem in in groups, in grad school, putting it out there in wherever it was. So that for me has always been easy. And I'm I'm lucky that I have had a wonderful support system who also was sort of curious. And part of why I've done this podcast is because for the people who know me, the fact that I've had these experiences makes it possible for them because I'm so grounded almost to a fault, like to to what you said, like I was the oldest child, a good girl, all of those things that people, I'm getting emails from friends who have found me who are like, I can't believe that you are the one talking well, about Well, sister, we're talking the same thing. I mean, you know, here I am and I've been, had a big professional reputation as a therapist and a nonprofit executive, blah, blah, blah. And people, when they initially, years ago, because I've been doing this so long, and I, you're into astrology, how could anyone like you believe in that hocus pocus? So it's been an amazing thing, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, which is, uh, you know, for me, I've been doing this since I was 20, and now it's the hippest thing in the world. Like, now I'm so <laughs> popular, and everybody wants to see me, and like, but, you know, 20 years ago, I couldn't get a date kind of thing. Right. (laughs) And so our time has come and wait till you see with Jupiter and Saturn and Aquarius, it's like, boom, it's just going to skyrocket people's interest in the metaphysical skyrocket. Yeah. And I've loved talking about it. You know, I didn't love practicing mediumship. It was not. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't my thing. You two will have a good talk about it because it is a gift, but it's also a burden. So, yeah. you know, I, and I when, feel for you in that. I don't feel astrology for me isn't a burden at all, except when friends go, hey, Jennifer, da, 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 what do you think's going to happen to me? It's like, I'm not working now. You know? Right, right. And for me, it's not because when it first started, it was it was sort of out of control. I mean, yeah. I called a neighbor once and I was like, 
is your power going in and out? Because my entire house was like, and she's like, no. And I, I just, so I've spent a lot of years sort of distancing myself saying like, I really don't, I don't want that. And I know that there are people who would say, well, if you really have the gift, then you not can't necessarily not and necessarily. I, Here's what a, a great friend said to me when I was haunted by a lot of dream stuff and requests in the um, unconscious. She's, and this is, I've seen this to be true. This is a partnership with the divine. We are not here only and ever to take instructions and be the slaves of whatever comes through. Mm. We get to say in the partnership, I'll do this and I won't do this. I'm here to serve, but I also only have one life as Jennifer and I want it to be as good as it can be. I love that. Yeah. And that makes sense because what I, what does happen for me is I get visits from friends, loved ones, Yeah, which feels like that's, I want to be able to just pass along a message yeah. to the people who I know yeah. and give them comfort. But I don't want to be walking down the street or at the grocery store and have someone's loved one no. with me. No, because then that actually diminishes your life and that's not a good life. So we're both agreeing on, we have these extraordinary gifts We'll use them wisely. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. I appreciate your patience with my my uh, novice knowledge on this. I enjoyed it because you've got a great innocence about you and hopefully other people will listen to this through your curiosity. The best thing about a Gemini sun is just endless curiosity and it comes with a kind of wonder. And I love that quality. So, Amy, you're so dear, and I hope you have a beautiful winter wonderland. Thank you. And, uh, and I hope you'll come back on when you write your new book. I will oh, I'll definitely come on. on remember me. And I'm, I will. And I'm going to send my um, good friend, Roxy Petty, to you because she has stories that will be extraordinary for your listeners to hear about visitors in the night. Welcome Perfect. and welcome from the other side. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. All right. Take care. You too. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.